0: In the pursuit of truth and common sense in an unbelievable world. You're listening to The Right Mind Podcast with your host, Todd Showalter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Right Mind. I am Todd Showalter, your host. And today I have with me Monique Turner, who is uh, she has an organization called uh, Never Personal, Always Purpose about uh, reforming and uh, the, not not so much reforming jails, but reforming the people that may have been incarcerated. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Monique.
1: Oh, thank you. First, I want to just say thank you so much, Todd, for having me on the show. So I really, really appreciate that. But um, so my name is Monique Turner. I am the co-founder of Family Purpose, which is a nonprofit organization, and I am the CEO of Never Personal Always Purpose. And what we do is we help our students address the social-emotional barriers they face through the lens of emotional intelligence.
0: Okay, now when you say, uh, can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, as far as, uh, are are you talking about kids that uh, have been incarcerated or kids uh, that are still in school? Uh, Tell me a little bit more about how that, what you mean.
1: Okay, so first, let me just tell you a little bit about me, so that way everyone can kind of understand why I do the work that I do. Okay. Um, is that, that okay? So for me, I mean, as a quick timeline that I'm gonna give you, takes take about one minute. Uh, at between five, by the age of five years old, I was abused. By the age of nine years old, I ten years old, I was selling drugs. By the age of fifteen years old, I caught my first drug case. At 18, I got pregnant. 19, I had my son. 23, I lost my dad. 24, I lost my mom. At 25, oh. I went to serve five years in federal prison. So once I came home from federal prison, um, you can just best believe, it. and while I was in prison, I lost three people. So my mind was a wreck. I was all over, a pl- all over the place. I really didn't feel like I had the support that I should have without having my parents, but I definitely had family support. And so during that process, I actually ended up catching another case because I came home breaking the law and I ended up serving a six-month violation in a halfway house. And during that time, I got a vision from God and God said, Monique, start a nonprofit. It is your purpose. And so it took me three years to get it, actually get it started, but that's what I did. And so me and my wife and my cousin, we got together and we started Family Purpose which is a nonprofit. And what we do in that with theirs, we serve students K through 12 and we address the social emotional barriers they face through different programs. So we have one of our programs is our successful purpose program, and that's more of a visual arts program. So we take students that are uh, dealing with a lot of issues and we help those students see see themselves through the problem instead of just telling them what they need to do. We do a lot of improv and we do a lot of one on one. We do a lot of case management. And okay. we also
0: can I, you, can I ask you a quick question? Are these the kids that you're dealing with? Are these kids that uh, are dealing with uh, drug related problems, maybe drug related problems that you're coming in to intervene prior to something happening worse?
1: So everyone's different, right? We know within the school, there is a, so one of our high schools has 35,000 students. I mean, 3,500 students. And so within there, yes, we have some students that are having drug-related issues, some students that are just have, you know, criminal issues related, some students that don't have no criminal background at all. And they are really on track for college because we also have a college track program. So what we do is we are meeting the needs of all students and not just one particular student.
0: OK, so when you actually go into a school uh, and you mentioned that you were incarcerated, uh, do you mind my asking, was that drug related or? Was yeah, that-
1: it was. Okay. Right. I started selling drugs at 10. So I was arrested for drug trafficking
0: okay all right so you go into the schools and say this is one of the situations you may be dealing with uh from a social standpoint are you you're, you're, i mean are you addressing as as you've you've already been there are you trying to show them what to avoid or are you going are, are you are, are you taking a more preventative measure or do you see some of these kids that may already be into drugs that you're trying to get them out of them?
1: So, there's both, right? We do the intervention and we also do the prevention. And so, we do this multiple ways. We do this through our groups, where I have a group of students that, and again, we do multiple different groups based on the needs of the students. Mm-hmm. So, I can do a group that is just specifically talks about how to avoid probation. I can do a group on how to avoid um, being suspended. I can do a group on social, so how to manage your emotions, right? How mm-hmm. to manage okay. your reaction. Different things that, The students are interested in that they are able to see and identify with.
0: I got you. Okay. Now you've got something um, in your information. You call it the the school to prison pipeline. Uh, Can you explain that a little bit? What exactly does that mean?
1: So what that means is we know that a lot of our schools right now, uh, you know, they have the police on campus. And Mm -hmm. so to what, what I want to do is I want to avoid students from going from school to prison. That's what I mean by that, the school to prison pipeline, meaning that we don't have enough programs in our schools and enough um, mentors in our schools to be able to address the social emotional barriers they face. So when they are being suspended and have, you know, and the referrals over and over again, then that can lead to expulsion. Well, it can also lead to you know, a certain kind of suspension or a certain kind of trouble can actually lead that student in that moment right to jail. So you're getting took from school and going to jail in handcuffs behind having marijuana or behind, you know, something as silly as that let's do restorative justice. And not that it's silly, but it's, it's a minimum offense to where You know what, let's do some restorative justice practices so that this way we can avoid our students and our youth from seeing behind the jail cell at a young age. Because what we know is, you know what, if I show them juvenile at a young age and juvenile was a walk in the park, they feel like, you know what, oh, that was nothing then they're not going to have any problems with continuing to break the law because they felt like the first time that they were gone, it was okay because some of these students don't have somebody at home giving them three meals a day. Well, in juvenile, you're getting three meals a day. So that's what I mean when I say the school to prison pipeline to avoid our students from going to school and then leaving school, getting arrested, going to jail. That then leads them with a case that now they can easily be on uh, they're on probation then, then leads can lead to prison if they catch a violation.
0: Okay, you, you hit on something I was gonna ask you about. You mentioned, you know, they're not getting, some of these kids may not be getting three meals a, a day at home. What you, from your experience dealing with these kids, what uh, what is the home life like? Uh, I mean, are these troubled kids? Are they coming from broken homes? Uh, do you think, uh, you know, that may be part of the, the root of the problem?
1: Well, you know, for some, yes, some are coming from broken homes. Some are coming from good homes. Some are coming from homes that have the mom and the dad in the household. Both parents are working. But again, because parents have also dealt with a lot of trauma and a lot of pain, that pain and trauma then leads over to to the child, right? Without the parent really being aware of it or, you know, being knowledgeable that they are mentally abusing their child because of the mental abuse that they faced when they were kids. So it's really, it's a different dynamic for all students. You know, it's a different dynamic for the different districts that I'm in and the different schools that I serve. So, Mm -hmm. and then there are some families that, yes, they're in a a broken home where mom has to work and not necessarily broken. Let me, let me make that clear. Some of them are where mom has to work, All day. Right. I have to go to work every day. And so I don't have the time to be because I'm a one single, a single family household. I don't have time to be at home when my child gets home to make sure they have a hot meal, to make sure that their homework is being done, to make sure that they did everything that they were supposed to do at school. So there's so many factors that come into play when it comes to our students. And this is why we need more mentors and more programming and schools to allow programming to be on the campus to address some of these issues. Because let's just be honest, the teachers, the counselors, the administrators, they don't have the time to address sure. all of these because they're teaching, right? They're The counselors are trying to make sure the A through G requirements have been met. So there's so much that just needs to be done. And for us, we're all about bringing back that village concept, right? And this is why we are family purpose, which is our family caring for yours.
0: Got it. And so you're, you're kind of, you're coming in, you're saying things may be lacking at home, but then in the uh, schools, they just may not have the time or resources to deal with some of these things. So you're kind of coming in uh, to kind of be a buffer and mentor these kids and maybe give those, them some attention and guidance where they may not be getting it otherwise. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, definitely. And to okay. be the solution, right? I'm all about the solution.
0: Where Where do you think? I mean, because a lot of this stuff, and it's you know, it just seems very widespread. I mean, you got these kids with drugs, and it's a different world right now. I mean, where? I mean, where? do First of all, where do you think these drugs are coming from? And 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 two, what what do you attribute? Uh, I mean, I've said on earlier shows, it's a lot harder being a kid now than it was years ago. What do you think the, you know, why do you think that is? And, and uh, I mean, what do you think the root cause may be?
1: Well, I mean, you know, we can blame a lot of different things for bars when it comes to the cause. But I think that one of the biggest problems is, is that there's no sense of community anymore. Okay. I think that's the problem that we're having.
0: Okay. And so you come in and, and you're going to establish, and I agree with you. I think, you know, uh, community is huge. Uh, what do you, you're, you're taking a lot on yourself though. I mean, you're coming into, uh, you know, basically, I don't want to use the word parent, but you're you're trying to instill values and things like that, that maybe should, that may probably should be done at home. And obviously you said you're dealing with things in the school that, you know, the administrators in school, you know, there's only so much they can do. How do you, as, I mean, are you just one person or do you have, I mean, are there people, are you doing this, you know, with a team? I mean, yeah. that, that just seems like a big undertaking to instill a community. I mean, are you are one school at a time? I mean, what is your big picture?
1: No, so we're not one school at a time. We, de- I definitely have an amazing team here with me at Family Purpose, but we're in multiple districts. So we're in the Bay Area in California mm-hmm. and country. County is where we're actually located at in Pittsburgh, and we are in multiple districts. So we are in five different districts, 10 different schools, and so I'm able to do this with my amazing team. But not only do are we um, limited to the schools that we are here, we've now created this amazing new program that we have tailored to be able to take to schools nationwide which is our I Am Her Girls Empowerment Day. And it's unmatched to any other program. And I know that because of the testimonials that I get from our students. So not just because I have all the belief in it, but because of what they say. And not just what they say, but then their actions after they take, um, they're a part of our Girls Empowerment Day. We cover so much. We cover self-confidence, self-esteem, social media, which we know that's a huge thing. So we covered a cyberbullying, expose, all the things that our students need to know, how to manage their emotions, how to manage their reactions. And we do all of this through engagement. And that's the best part of it is that for the whole day, it's all about engaging, engaging, engaging. And so it's so, so powerful. And so our Girls Empowerment Day, any school nationwide that would like to have that at their school is that it's definitely possible. And so I'll I'll send you the link and they can um, look at it. Yeah, We'll
0: actually, we'll put the links up on the screen or, you know, say them for those listening, Um, you know, so we'll definitely do all that. Let me ask you as far as your personal background and things like that. I mean, you're, you're, you have, you have uh, experience, you have a history, you know, so you're talking as someone that's been there to these kids. How did you personally, uh, I mean, you mentioned you had some, some rough times growing up. Um, as far as the things that eventually got you incarcerated, what was your how did that all happen over time? I mean, what, what, what was it eventually as a young student, as a young kid? How did you eventually you initially rather? How did you get involved in all that?
1: What was the environment I grew up in? I grew up in the Valencia Gardens in San Francisco housing projects. And so, you know, okay. back in the 70s and in the 80s. And so, like you say, where did a problem come? Here goes a problem for you, which is back then, we know that the government had us all, right? Everybody that was low income, you were all in the projects. Everybody was together. We had a really, really good sense of community. So our community was the community part in the community building was amazing. Well, once everybody got everybody besides the low income people, the people in poverty got hooked on crack, cocaine. Then it was like, oh no, we need to move everybody out, right? Because now everybody in the suburbs is hooked on crack and that was a problem for the government. And so then we everybody gets section eight and now everybody is moving, You know, everybody that was normally in um, poverty. And, well, now you have a, this big house in the suburbs, even though you still have the same amount of money that you are making, but your rent is just really cheap because it's all the same. So, you know, I believe that and that's just my opinion. But that sure. also the yeah. big okay. problem why we don't have the community like we once had. But for me, that's definitely where, you know, drugs was a really big thing. It was a drug pandemic at that time. And so selling drugs was just easy. It was easy. And I mean, I'll be honest, my parents, my dad sold drugs and he did drugs. So he did both.
0: Sure. So it's it's almost, you know, it, it seems like a vicious cycle. I mean, and it sounds like, you're mentioning, you know, government and things like that. I mean, it it do you think, I mean, is it almost like are you almost if, if you are stuck in that situation, uh you mentioned the projects and things like that, are you almost destined to go into such to to you know selling drugs, taking drugs? I mean, is that just part of the environment?
1: No, 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 I I definitely take accountability for my own actions. And I said okay. no. Okay,
0: yeah, all right. I have
1: right i have siblings and neither one my sister has a college degree but you know and so my other sister she always worked and still working has an amazing career so definitely not it's all up to you as an individual and what path you decide to take regardless of your environment you know and so that was just the path that i decided to take okay
0: what okay and that's great uh, because you mentioned okay so you, you have siblings that you know went on and did other things but you you, ch- you, 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 was, you didn't do that. So what was it, do you think, what do you think? And I think if you, if we identify this, maybe we can apply this to other situations. What was it do you think that made you turn to drugs while your siblings who were in the same environment went on to college and did other things? I mean, what, what made you different?
1: Well, you know what I, for me, as I have now done a lot of self-work and mm-hmm. re- imposter syndrome and going through all these different things, I believe that it comes from the pain and the trauma that I endured being abused before I started selling drugs, right? And so that type of abuse and trauma that I faced and what didn't have anyone to work through it with at the time, that is what I don't know, but I can just reflect and believe that that played a role with me being, because there was a lot more to it to Monique, besides Monique selling drugs, you know, sure, um, yeah, it right. came to um, troubled behavior, I would say.
0: Okay. So there's a lot of, I hate to use the word emotional baggage, but you had a lot that you were dealing with that made it, you know, you're more tempted to possibly do that. Now, going back to your program in the schools, do you think, I mean, are there, do you see that as possible? I'm just trying to say, I know there's a problem and you're addressing it. Mm-hmm. I always try to look at, you know, what you know, what makes some people do some things that others don't? Do you think a lot of these kids that are experiencing some of these problems in the school uh do have underlying whether emotional or uh problems that they're relying, they're, they're using drugs, you know, as just a, a symptom of that? I mean, is there something that we've got to address? besides just the drug use and uh, the crime, that if we do that, maybe that'll help solve the problem. Do you see that?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely don't think it's just all about drug use, neither. I think that it's literally about the social-emotional barriers that our students are facing. That is the problem, is Mm -hmm. that if we can address the social-emotional barriers, right, the emotional baggage, like, like you just said, that our students are faced with, then we will be able to help abo- help them avoid the drugs and crime, and you know, and allow their mindset to be more focused on the next level in their life, right? Be focused on earning an income the legal way. And so, yeah, I definitely believe that um, it's a lot bigger than just drugs. I know a lot for me, a lot of my students that we serve, it's not over half of them are not on drugs, right? Mm-hmm. It's more about the Mental issues that they suffer from, and the things, and not just you know mental issues. The social emotional, let me say, issues that they suffer from. Okay,
0: so your team then, and I mean, is the rest of your team do they have about you know backgrounds like you? I mean, they're going in as they no. don't. Okay,
1: actually, I'm the only one that's trouble uh, that has a background like this. Most of mm-hmm. my team, uh, I have a counselor that has a master's. I have another one that has a doctorate degree. So I have a lot of amazing people on my team that have definitely took the opposite route that I took.
0: I got you. Okay. Now you mentioned earlier uh, something, and again, I'm not trying to make this the focus, but you know, the school, to to jail pipeline, you mentioned police officers in the school. Do you think that's a good or a bad thing?
1: Well, you know what, for me, I don't feel that in in the schools that I'm in now, again, every school is different. Every community is different Mm -hmm. in our community. This East Contra Costa County, where we serve students at, No, I don't. I mean, let me I don't believe that we need to have a police in the schools. I believe that the police can come when they need they we feel that the police need to be called. I don't think that they're present at that moment, because I believe with a police officer being there, then it doesn't allow for sometimes in some cases where we could have de-escalated a situation. But now because the police is there, police is trained to do one thing. and so you know, there's, a, there's that arrest that's going to happen. So um, versus we could have done a restorative justice circle. So, and and in some schools I'm in, mean, you know, we have, they have restorative justice, and then we still have the SRO, which is the police on campus. So, and it SRO, works. So. Is SRO
0: police on campus? Is that the same yes. thing? Uh-huh.
1: Okay. And every police is different. So, you know, it's really all about the police and them. If they are on campus, then making sure that they're building a relationship with our students and not, on campus to be the big bad wolf, but to show that, you know what, there is some police that are good. And I am here. If I'm in this community, then I'm here for you and the Mm -hmm. community, right? I'm not here to put handcuffs on you and take you out of school and now give you a case. No, you know, I don't, I definitely feel like the approach should be, um, should be different.
0: Yeah, I totally understand. I mean, I had a uh, a guest on one of my previous shows, a police officer, and, and he was making it a point that, you know, they really are trying, uh, you know, he, he was a police officer in the projects. And he was saying that, you know, they, they, they try to get along with everybody. He says they, they actually, uh, a lot of the community, uh, you know, give him hugs. And uh, I think, do you think maybe if, um, you know, that were more, I mean, you talk about your community, which is great. Do you think if maybe in the schools, if we had that type of, if we, uh, you know, if we, you know, looked at police officers in the, in the schools as those that are trying to to help us rather than throw us in jail, do you think, uh, you know, that would help in the long run as far as maybe kids staying away from drugs because they know it's wrong?
1: No, no, don't I, so. uh-huh. I, I don't think that, no, I don't think that the police and, uh, them being a part of the community, and that's going to have anything to do with kids doing drugs or not.
0: OK, well, they I mean, do you think they should be a part of the community, though?
1: Uh, Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, the police were a great part of our community, even though they were making arrests. Still, they right. we had, were a part of the community. Right. They would hang out sometimes, but they definitely have a job to do. That's in the projects. Projects is one thing. Being in a school is a totally different thing.
0: Okay, and you know, all right, and and again, I mean, it just seems. I mean, when you're in, I mean, when you're in the projects, I mean, it just seems like you're you, you're it's it's harder. I mean, obviously, I mean, there, there are certain things you've got to deal with, um, and I mean, you're a lot of. I mean, if you deal with kids like maybe you know, and you know, on the outskirts, they're not dealing with a lot of the same things that you are. So, what you're trying to do, and again, I keep coming back to your community and the fact that. Um, You know you do have siblings that went on to do different things. Um, Do you think I mean if we are missing that family family unit that may may not be the same. Do you you think that as a community in the projects and the schools that you can effectively go in and replace that on your own to help get rid of this whole thing.
1: Well, no, it takes a village, so nothing can happen. That's what on I mean, the-
0: right, right. I mean, do you think you can go in and, and and then create your own village and and create your own community for? Because we talked about, I mean, it's hard to do that. You're you're, at, you're being if you have to go in and replace what's what's missing in the home. Uh, you can't, you know, you're having to replace what isn't provided in the schools. Um, I mean, do we have to look at something even beyond that? I mean, because it seems like quite an undertaking for one group.
1: Yeah, it is. You, again, it takes a village, right? So everybody has to be on board. We got to have the parents on board. We have to have the siblings on board. We have to have the school on board. We have to have the neighbors on board right there. It takes a full community sure, and it's a full village in order to really bring change, right? But is change happening? Yes. Can we just within our own organization bring change? Yes. Have we brought change? Yes. You know, okay. and so- it, it, again, it's all about the relationship building. And that's what we do. We are all about building relationships and building healthy relationships and allowing our students to see what it's like to have a healthy relationship, even though they may have broken relationships at home. Then now we work with them to be able to try to switch the dynamic and now bridge that gap that they are having within their home or within their, with their teacher or whoever that relationship that they have with that's broken. Then we work on mending that relationship because again, it takes a village. And so we okay. do this one student, and one person at a time.
0: Okay, it's it's a huge undertaking. I wish you the best of luck. I mean, that's a yeah, that's a <laughs> you got a lot of work ahead of you. So um, yeah. I'm going to ask you something that I ask all my guests as we're down the last few minutes here. You have two minutes, okay, Monique, and you're in charge of the world right now. You get to solve everything. It doesn't even have to be what you're talking about. I mean, it can be anything out there that you think needs to be fixed. You are in charge of the world right now for the next two minutes. What are you going to do to make it a better place or change it?
1: Well I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing, which is serving schools and addressing the social emotional barriers that our students face through the lens of emotional intelligence by providing programs that are effective and that really make an impact. We've already served over twenty five thousand students in the past eight years, and so And we have a 99 percent graduation rate. So I know what we are doing is effective and I know that it's working. So we are continue to do that. And now we're going to do that on a larger scale with offering our I am her girls empowerment day nationwide. And so this um, I am her girls empowerment day is unmatched to any other program. And so I'm just excited to be able to take this program on the world on the road and serve students all around the world.
0: That's awesome. Okay, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, As far as people wanting, if they want to get in touch with you, um, I have your organization. Do you have a website or something, or some way? You said you have some links, but is that through your website? I mean, if somebody wants to reach out and contact you, or possibly even help you, do you want to give that a shout out? And then we'll put it on the screen. Go ahead.
1: Okay, cool. So yeah, I'll give you that. And then I'll have my VA also send you the links. Okay. So the I Am Her Girls Empowerment Day, there'll be a link to that. You can check it out and actually see what we do live. And then you can catch me on LinkedIn at Monique Turner. I'm also on Instagram at Monique Turner TV. You can also, my website is Turner, And then our website for My our nonprofit is FamilyPurpose.org. If you would like to catch some of my YouTube videos, then you can also do that at Monique Turner, hashtag MPAP, which is for Never Personal, Always Purpose.
0: Great. Okay, well, I really appreciate you being here. Any last things you want to add or uh, thank you again for, for joining me? I mean, it's been insightful. And again, you got a major undertaking ahead of you. I mean, there are a lot of things unfortunately, there's a lot of pieces in this puzzle here. And, uh, you know, it's nice that and it's great rather that you're going after some of them. I think, um, you know, as you mentioned, the whole community aspect, I think uh, it's got to be beyond you, a much bigger community to make a lot of these changes. So I wish you the best of luck. Any last words?
1: Yes, yeah, my last words is I'm also a self-published author. And so if you would like to know more about my story, you can also get my books on from my website which is the Power of Purpose book and a Purpose Over Prison book. Uh, one last thing of what I do is I help people terminate their probation early. So if you or anybody you know is right now on probation and needs to terminate their probation early, you can do that without a lawyer. All you got to do is go get one of those links that's in there also that'll be on there. So- Yep. Stop being on probation one day longer than you. Know.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that could be a whole nother show. I didn't know about that one, so we maybe we'll oh, touch okay, on that that base. Be- we'll touch base on that one another time. Late, well, hey, Monique. Okay. I want to thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I mean, again, I wish you the best of luck, and um, we'll put your links on there, and uh, you know, talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Todd. I appreciate you as well. You have a blessed day.
0: You bet. Okay, everybody. This has been Todd Showalter. Todd Showalter, I can't say my own name, with Right Mind. And remember, if you don't have a Right Mind, you don't have a mind at all. Till next time. Bye-bye.
1: This has been the Right Mind
0: Podcast with Todd Showalter.